Thank you for tuning into A Spirit-Led Life with HMI. We hope you enjoyed today's session with Pastor Dion Hockey. Hey, good day everybody. So good to have you join us again today here on Faith TV. My name is Pastor Dion Hockey. I'm from Healing Ministries International and I'm really looking forward to sharing today's message with you. We have been teaching on how to create a corporate revival, how to have unity in our churches and uh, to see God move supernaturally. Um, I started teaching last week on the subject called unity or how to have this church revival. And uh, listen, if there's no unity in a church, you're not going to have the revival. So I just want to encourage you today that if you are listening to this message and if your pastor is struggling with how to get a revival, then you can uh, give this message to him, you know, tell him to watch this so that you can create a revival to come. Last week I was sharing a lot on on how to do or how to see revival come. And uh, there are two main points I want to talk to you about how we can see revival come. Remember, our foundational scripture is found in Psalm 133, and where it says how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And at the end of the psalm, it says, for there the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore. Come on, who does not want God to command a blessing life forevermore? I think all of us want to, want to hear that. If God sees a, if God looks down on the church and he sees the people in the congregation united together and uh, God says, look at that, I command a blessing upon that church. Can you imagine what's going to happen? Can you imagine how, how the church is going to grow and how people are going to be healed and set free and delivered and how finances is going to come? It's just going to be awesome. So I want to encourage you on how to create a corporate revival. Number one, last week I was teaching on the power of prayer. It is very important to understand that when we pray, that's how we're going to create unity. Um, I was sharing with you that uh, it's going to be silly that if you go to God and you pray to God with your mouth, but in your heart you actually mean something else. That, that's a silly thought, you know. Because God knows the intents of our heart. He knows what's going on on the inside. So you can't, you can't pray and say, Lord, I want revival. Um, you know, please bring revival. But then in your heart you're saying, oh, I, I really, I'm, I'm not in the mood for all the work. And I don't want to do this than the other. Uh, then you, you're lying to God. So I know that when we pray, we're praying from a pure heart because God knows the truth. And we cannot lie. So my point number one that I wanted to bring across to you last week, and I want to show it again uh, this week, is that when we get together in our prayer groups, um, if we had to have a live service again to, to, today, if, if, if we could imagine we were sitting in church, and I walked up to you with a microphone, you were part of the congregation, and I said, pray, let me hear what you're praying. And if you took the microphone and you started praying, then I could pray the prayer of agreement, And that is Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, that says where two or three are gathered together, or when we we come in agreement, uh, where two or three agree concerning anything that they ask here on earth, it will be done for them by our Father in heaven. That's what the Bible says. So if I walk up to you in the congregation and I say, you pray, I want to hear what's in your heart. And the moment you pray... And I know that that word coming out of your mouth is a pure word. 
then I can agree with what you are saying. That's the power of the prayer of agreement. And um, I think that when all of us as a congregation got together and started praying together, think how much agreement there would be and how much anointing will be released. Unfortunately, there's a, you know, most churches of today only uh, thrive on the intercessory group. Uh, you know, most people in a congregation are saying, oh, well, our church has an has a intercessory group, you know, and so they're praying and they're doing good, and, you know, I don't have to pray. No, we all, as a church, need to come together and pray the prayer of agreement. Now, yes, uh, last week, sorry, last week when I was teaching you, I read from Acts chapter 2 because I wanted to show you the power there is in the prayer of agreement. All right, this is the first way to create unity. When we pray together and I hear what's in your heart, then I can say amen to that, right? And so if we are in agreement, there is power released. So we find that in Acts chapter 1, I was reading to you that when, um, uh, when Jesus was taken up into heaven, remember Jesus made a promise and he said, you'll receive power, Acts 1.8, when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and all of that. And so Jesus is taken up into heaven and now the disciples go back to Jerusalem. And the first thing they did when they got back to Jerusalem is they began to pray the promise that Jesus made. And we all know that in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, the Bible says that while they were praying in unity, the Holy Spirit descended from heaven and came upon them like a rushing mighty wind, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, meaning that the prayer of agreement which they prayed and the promise which Jesus made that they prayed now came into fulfillment. And I ended off last week by telling you that you need to find out what are the promises that was spoken out over your church what are the prophecies that have been spoken out so that you can get those prophecies as a church you can write them down put them on the overhead board you know and you can begin to pray those promises which god has made for the church could you imagine if the whole church on a sunday morning sat down and before the pastor started preaching can you imagine how how um, uh, the people will pray the prayer of agreement and get that vision in front of them and you'll see the results come to pass. It will be so powerful. But I want to show you another portion of, of Scripture which is in Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 4. And I want to show you um, how the power of prayer of agreement uh, is effective. But I also want to give you a warning concerning revival. Okay, so let's go to Acts chapter 4. And I'm going to read from verse 29. All right. Well, let's let's read from verse 23. Let's rather do that. Acts chapter 4, verse 23. Now, uh, we are celebrating 30 years in full-time ministry this year. And I've been preaching uh, approximately 300 meetings every year for the last 30 years. And we've been having revivals break out in certain places of the world that I've preached. We have had, you know, uh, two-week revivals, four-week revivals. We've even had two-month revivals. And, uh, uh, and we've even had a two-year revival that broke out. Uh, you know, so I understand a little bit about revival. My heart is revival. 
that people call me a revivalist. Uh, I don't know, there's no such thing in the Bible as a revivalist, but I do know this, that the anointing that God has placed upon my life is that when we go into a church, there is a stirring that takes place and people are revived, meaning that they are coming back to that first love, coming back to that hunger for Jesus, and then we begin to see growth take place in the church. This is what we want, is to have revival come. So, I want to tell you this, that when revival comes, if you're watching me and if you're listening to me, with revival comes persecution. Okay? I'm not, I'm not being negative. I'm just telling you the truth. The more hungry you get for God, the more desperate you become for the power of God and to see your church grow and to see things happen, do you think for one minute that the devil is going to sit back and say, oh, well, you know, let them go on and have a revival? Never. The devil, uh, Jesus told us in John 10 verse 10, that Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's the thief. All right? The thief has come only but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's the job of the devil. He does not want you to be happy, your family to be happy, your church to be happy. He doesn't want your church to grow. He doesn't want the power of God to be evident in your church. So Satan's job is to stop everything that you want to do for God. All right? So there will be persecution. Somebody would say, but how does that work? Well, remember, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That's Ephesians chapter 6. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. All right? But then he tells us it's against principalities and powers and so forth. He talks about all the, all the rankings of the demon spirits, and I don't want to get into that. But the fact of the matter is that Satan works through people. And as the devil operates through people, that is uh, how the persecution comes. So Satan will use people to offend you. Satan will use people to come against you. And I want to show you from the scripture who are the ones that are going to persecute you the most. Are you ready? It might be a revelation to, to a couple of you. In Acts chapter 4, verse 29, we see here that, that um, the, the apostles were out praying and they were having a great move of God and things were happening. And all of a sudden, the Sanhedrin got mad at them. And so uh, they were called and they said, we forbid you to preach in the name of Jesus. You're not allowed to do this, that, and the other. And so let's, let's read verse 23. It says, and being let go, they went to their own companions. This is the, uh, the apostles. They went back to Peter and them. Peter and John, they went back to their, uh, to their own disciples, their own church, and they reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. Now watch this. When they gave this testimony of how they were rebuked and they got into trouble, the Bible now says, verse 24, So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Now you see the word one accord? That is the word unity. So they raised their voice with one accord to God and they said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said. Now listen, why did the nations rage? The first thing you are going to have when you are moving for God and you want to see a revival come, you're going to have people raging against you. There's going to be people getting angry. And I'll tell you what's the key or the number one problem for that rage. It's jealousy. 
people get jealous because you are hungry for God and you are doing something for God and they get mad because they're doing nothing for God and they seeing the fruits in your life and they seeing the results in your life and that's why uh, people begin to rage. Watch this. He says, and the people plot vain things. Can you imagine that? They plot vain things. So we see in the life of Jesus, the Pharisees were, were always plotting and coming together on how to take Jesus out. And you will find when you are moving for God and doing things for God, there are people who are, who are talking behind your back and they are making plans on how we can get you out of the way. If we can only get you out of the way. Now remember again, this is not people. It is the devil working through people. Okay, Because it's Satan's agenda that's being destroyed. The moment we go for revival, the plans of Satan is going to fall apart. Number three says, and the kings of the earth took their stand. Listen, you're going to get you're going to get a persecution from people in in high places. You're going to get persecution from people who who are who are going to come against you, people of authority, people in leadership and they're going to say we don't like what you're doing. He says the rulers were gathered together and they were coming against the Lord and against his Christ. So when these people come and they begin to persecute you because you are making a stand for Jesus, guess what? They're not coming against you. They are coming against Jesus. They are coming against the anointing. And that's a very dangerous thing to do. All right? Verse 27. They keep on praying now. They say, For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, were the Gentiles and the people of Israel who gathered together to do whatever your hand uh, and your purpose determined before to be done. Now watch verse 29. Are you ready? Watch this. Now, Lord, look on their threats. Look on their threats. It is a sad thing to, to say today, but did you know that the moment you stand for God and you stand for revival, you're going to be threatened? That people are going to threaten you? Um, I, I know of, of being threatened of, of uh, uh, they want to kill you, they want to put you in jail, they want to beat you up, they want to expose you, they want to you know, run to the newspapers, they, they want to do all kinds of things to remove you because you are making an impact in the kingdom of God. And let me ask you another question as you are watching me, all of you that is watching me right now. Are you ready? Are you being persecuted for, for the work that you are doing for God? What persecution are you going through? Are people talking ill about you? Are they, are they saying things about you because you're making a stand for Jesus? And if you're not going through any form of persecution, you need to ask the question, why? A lot of people who are in the seeker-sensitive churches and these people who, who don't want to have a move of God, they're happy. They're just saying, oh, I'm just glad, you know, people are coming to my church and everybody's happy and we're fine. No, 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 no. Listen, if, you, if you're just happy with what you're doing and you're not getting any resistance, my friend, you're not doing anything to stop the, the kingdom of God from growing. You are, you, you're playing the church game. And I want to tell you, we need to get out of the church game and we need to get into to working for God to see the kingdom of God to grow, to see people get saved and to see people get healed and people get delivered. That's the, what Jesus did. That's what the disciples did. And that is what you and I have to do. 
I'm telling you in the name of Jesus. So make sure that you get out there and make the devil mad and Jesus glad. Amen. This is what our function is as children of the Most High God. So they said, now Lord, look on their threats and grant your servants that with all boldness, I like that, that with all boldness they may speak your word. What are we to do? Speak God's word. Don't speak your opinions and don't speak, you know, somebody else's opinion. Your job and my job is to take the Bible, the word of God and preach the word of God. How? With signs following, bringing a demonstration. Paul said, I did not come to you in word only, but in power also. So we need to bring a demonstration of the power of God and preach the word together. Amen. You cannot separate the two from each other. Now listen to what they pray. Verse 29. All right. I want you to, uh, I'm going to verse 30, verse 29, verse 30. I just want to read this again. He says, now, Lord, look on their threads. These guys are praying now. It's Peter and John with all the disciples. They're praying because they were told not to preach in the name of Jesus. So they said, now, Lord, look on their threads. Grant your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word. Now watch verse 30. By stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Can you imagine that? The very thing they were told not to do, they went to God in boldness and they said, Lord, give us more power. Give us more faith. Give us more boldness to continue operating under this anointing that you've granted us, the power of God. Stretch out your hand, Lord. Heal the people, Lord. Set people free, God. Deliver them, Father, you know, in the name of Jesus. That's what they prayed. Most churches today, do you know what they're doing? They're turning away from this by stretching out your hand to heal. They say, no, 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 we don't have to pray for people. You know, people can pray on their own at home. And, 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 and there's so many churches today who don't lay hands on the sick and they don't prophesy and they don't speak in tongues and they're not casting out devils. You know why? We don't want to offend people. We don't want to make the people feel uncomfortable. What we do is we go to church, we sing two hallelujah songs and we preach a little water down message you know tickle my ear gospel we make the people feel happy and 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 we make them you know just feel good all the time and we 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 become sensitive to the seekers this is the thing that's happening in a lot of churches we just want to make the people feel comfortable no my friend i'm telling you it's time for the holy spirit to begin to operate in churches again it's time to have a holy spirit revolution i'm telling you a revolution some of you need a need a holy goes revelation <laughs> some of us need a revolution we need an uprising in the church we need men and women of god who will stand up and say enough i'm taking back that which the devil stole from us i hope i'm speaking to somebody here who's got a fire in their heart and that you are excited about jesus christ i'm telling you you need to uh, you need to pray this when you wake up in the morning you say lord today i'm waking up and i'm gonna make the devil mad in jesus glad and i I ask you, Father, stretch out your hand to heal, Lord. And thank you, God, that signs and wonders will follow me today wherever I go in the name of Jesus. Now look at the power of prayer. Verse 31 says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. Hallelujah. The place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all 
filled with the Holy Spirit. And what did they do? They spoke the word of God with boldness. Is that good news? Can you imagine if you and your congregation got together? And everybody started praying and they take the scripture and they pray and suddenly the building begins to shake. I think a lot of people are going to pick up their handbags and run out the building and say, oh, there's an earthquake. Let's get out of here. <laughs> but I don't think that's what happened here. It wasn't an earthquake. The building shook because the power of God came into that place. And when they prayed, uh, they all were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, remember, they were filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, but it's Acts chapter 4, they get filled again, bless the Lord. They got filled again. They got refilled, refired. They got, uh, they got so anointed that they went out and did double damage. Bless the Lord, double damage in the kingdom of the devil. I pray today that when God, you know, when you hear this revelation and when you sense the spirit of revival coming upon you and the Holy Spirit coming upon you, I pray that you're going to get out there and do something marvelous for the kingdom of God. So how do we create unity in the church? My dear friend, I'm hoping you're getting this. You need to get to your pastor. You need to say, Pastor, let's not just get the intercessors together, but let's get the whole congregation. Instead of preaching on Sunday morning, Pastor, why don't we just have a half an hour of intercessory prayer? Pastor, cut your sermon by 30 minutes and let's just let's pray for 30 minutes as a church. And then you can preach for 30 minutes if you have to, Pastor. But let's pray unity. Let's pray revival. Let's pray the power of God to come down. In, in our uh, not just in our congregation but in our community and uh, in our families and in our houses in, in the businesses and in the town that we are living in God that your glory will saturate us this is what we need to do and remember if everybody's in agreement and people say amen and yes I agree God is watching from heaven God is listening from heaven and he says, look at that. I see unity. I see the hunger they have. I command a blessing life forevermore upon you. Isn't that something awesome to look forward to? You know, there's more to this that I want to give you, but I just want to pray right now. I just feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of you looking and you saying, but I want this. I want this. You know, Ephesians 5.16 says that we need to uh, uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Amplified, I believe, says we need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you thirsty and dry? Are you hungry? Are you desperate for a move of God? Are you saying enough is enough? I want God to fill me again today. I just feel this anointing. I'm telling you right now. I want to pray for you. I want to pray this verse to come real in your life. There where you're sitting, won't you just lift your hands right now? Come on, I dare you. Or stretch your hands out towards the TV. And I'm going to pray that God will fill you with a fresh fire today. That He will baptize you with a fresh anointing. I want to rebuke the spirit of fear off of you. I want to rebuke the spirit of compromise off of you. And I want to ask God to fill you with boldness. Would you do that? Do you want that? Are you desperate enough today for God to touch you? Then Father, I pray. 
Lord, as the people are watching me right now, I know, Father, across uh, uh, the, 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 the world, Lord, as people are watching, I pray the fire of the Holy Ghost to come upon each and every viewer now in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father God, for your glory to come upon them. I pray, Father God, that you will stretch out your hand, that you will heal, that signs and wonders and miracles will be part of their daily walk in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that there will be no more compromise, that there will be no fear upon your children in Jesus' name. Satan, by the power of God given to me, I bind you. I break your stronghold that is on the people right now in the name of Jesus. That compromising spirit who's always running away, who's always wanting to stand in the world and have the things of the world and the things of God, Lord, I cut that off in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that those who are watching me receives a hunger, receives the power of God upon them in Jesus' name. Lord, fill their mouths with boldness. Lord, fill their mouths with boldness. Give them a courage, Lord, to stand up in the midst of persecution. Lord, when people speak ill about them, when the spirit of jealousy rises up against them, when people get angry uh, towards them, Lord, when threats are being made, I plead the blood of Jesus over each and every viewer, over myself and our ministry. Lord, I thank you that you give your angels charge right now. Lord, you commission your angels, your warring angels to surround us, to be encamped around about us, Lord, to protect us, Father God, from the onslaught of the enemy. And I declare today of the viewers, no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper in the name of Jesus. Lord, every minister that is watching this broadcast as I pray right now, my Father, I pray your protection upon them. I plead the blood of Jesus over them, over their families, over their congregations, Lord. I pray for the leaders, Father God, who are desperate for a move. Fill them up again with your Holy Spirit. Lord, refire them, refill them, anoint them with a fresh anointing in the name of Jesus so that they can go out and make the devil mad and Jesus glad. Lord, those men and women who have doubted whether they are good enough, Father God, I pray your healing anointing that will be so strong, Father, that like Peter, when they walked in the streets, Lord, and his shadow fell on people, they were instantly healed and they got delivered, Father. I pray this anointing upon every viewer and especially the fivefold ministry in the name of Jesus. My God, I pray your anointing. I pray revival. I pray unity to come to the churches. Lord, as we live in these last days and there's this, there's this uprise of persecution towards the church, I pray your fire to come upon them in Jesus' mighty name. And if you agree with me, say amen. Amen. Listen, I'm so excited. I want you to join us every night. We are preaching 7 o'clock in the evening, South African time. We are on Facebook and we are preaching and we are teaching the glory of God. So you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on, uh, on Parler. You can follow us on YouTube. Uh, there's so many platforms that we are preaching on. And I want you just to be encouraged and to be strengthened in the Lord. Okay, remember we have a website, www.dionhockey.org. You can follow us there as well. All right. We love you so much. I'm telling you, God loves you. 
it's time for revival to come to you in the name of Jesus. Not just to you, but your church and family. Amen. We love you. We'll catch you next week. You can make a difference by partnering with us, a ministry with a heart for the lost, by visiting our website, www.dionhockey.org. You will also receive exclusive content from the ministry as a thank you from Pastor Dion Hockey. Remember to subscribe and follow our social media pages for updates, sermons, and more information on the ministry. Thank you for listening and see you next time.